0: Wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Oh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday. Hey, what a privilege it is to be able to share with you uh, once again. Now, this week, folks, on Drive Time, we're following the theme, Biblical Parenting, in a post-Christian world. Now, if ever there's a subject that uh, raises the interest of uh, everybody, it's this subject of parenting. Everybody has an opinion on it. Every expert wants to teach us something about the subject of prayer and parenting. What we're talking about this week uh, is real practical parenting, uh, the real nuts and bolts. Uh, that's where we're coming from. Uh, today, uh, we're asking that question How can I encourage a positive outlook in my children? This question is just so incredibly important. How do I parent in a post-biblical world and how do I create a positive outlook in my children? Uh, today our our co-host is actually Brenton Wilkinson. Now Brenton is the pastor of the uh, South a uh, Seventh-day Adventist churches here in South Australia. Now that's Mount Gambier, Millicent, Rendlesham and two or three others. Now welcome
1: to you Brenton. Thank you Gary, uh, good to be here. The other one you missed my friend was Narracourt. No I couldn't even, so, I couldn't um, spell I, uh, that. Uh, no, 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 N-A-R-A-C-O-O-R-T-E. Those of our, our listeners who listen to the Bible um, the study uh, that's on over the weekend and early into the week would have heard my voice there. Um, look, my parish extends from uh, over the border, Gary, in Victoria, um, Nelson, up to the other side of border town and across to the, Coast at Kingston, southeast, and down through Robe, Beachport, and back to Mount Gambia. So, um, that, that, Brenton, probably my theme song, Gary, is "I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere." So. That, that is actually a huge area, Brett. Tell yes. me, how many kilometres do you do a month? Uh, three and a half thousand. I did a, did a quick check before I came on air uh just because uh, I wanted to give you some update information. Everything since July has been the lowest I've done is about 3,300. The highest I've done is over 4,000 kilometres for the month. I go through a set of tyres, Gary, in about 10 months, um, and uh, my car that was... Uh, that I purchased last year had <laughs> done twenty six thousand k's when I bought it. That's now done seventy one thousand. <laughs> That's less than twelve months. December sixth this year, it'll be twelve months since I bought it, and it's already done forty five thousand k's. Oh wow! I tell you what, so that, that kills um, the- yes, I'm I'm on the move a lot.
0: That kills the depreciation, doesn't it? I remember when I was, uh, uh, I bought a car on one occasion and I was, uh, running about back some of the outback, uh, towns like, uh, you are. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I bought my car. I bought, I made the mistake of buying a brand new car. It's the only time I've ever bought a brand new car. I brought it right. back for the, uh, uh, one month service and I just clicked over 10,000 kilometers and the people couldn't believe it. You know, what have you no, been, been doing because... with your car? You know,
1: but. Yeah. Hey. No, 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 they, yeah. Look, the problem with ministry in, on a scale like this, Gary, as you'd probably appreciate is if you're going to do a pastoral visit and you've got to drive an hour or two hours to go and visit somebody, you're not going to spend 10 or 15 minutes with them. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go and visit you, let's say you're at Town and I'm at Mount Gambier, well, That's nearly two hours' drive. By the time I get to border town, I'm going to probably spend an hour and a half or two hours with you because otherwise it's a complete waste of my time actually getting in the car and driving off.
2: For sure.
0: (laughs) For sure. And and that's one of the real challenges of working in Outback Australia. But, Brenton, look, let me come to our World Watch segment because I'm really conscious that our, our time is really starting to gallop away from us. Now, look, one of the uh, uh, websites that I know I really appreciate is the uh, Christian Headlines uh, World uh, World Watcher uh, site, and yes. uh, yep. there was an article that I've just just pulled off there. But let me just share uh, with you just uh, some of the highlights from this particular article. Sure. Let, let me just read mm-hmm. them to you. It's entitled "Fewer Americans," and of course it's American based, but we can handle that. Fewer Americans take their traditional moral values from biblical principles. A new survey says, a new survey by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University found that fewer people are taking their traditional moral values from biblical principles. The America's Values Study found that 71% of American adults claim to support traditional moral values today, including integrity, justice, kindness, non-discrimination, trustworthiness, free expression, property ownership, uh, individual growth, and self-control. So 71% support that. Now, to me, that actually sounds good. But then the article went on. However, less than half of adults who hold to those values consider biblical morality a core value. Now, uh, CS, um, uh, the Christian Research Centre's Director of Research, Dr John Barner, uh, who authored the survey, said the findings highlight a shift in where American people derive their source of authority. Three-quarters of Americans maintain that people are basically good. Consequently, he said, Americans have become comfortable with the idea of being arbiters of morality, he added, in the same oh, yeah. in the same way that most Americans contend that there is no absolute moral truth. They now believe that there's no divine guidance required or even available to define right and wrong. Barner also pointed out that people nowadays are more likely to take their moral cues from government laws and policy than from church teachings about biblical principles. Now, Brent, when I read this, there were certainly warning signs that started to really come up uh, in, in front of my face. Now, look, I suppose, you know, to me, if I could, well, firstly, I mean, how do you react to, to this article? And, you know, I mean, one of the things the article does say is people are naturally good. Now, from a scriptural perspective, you're a pastor of many years. Uh, from a scriptural perspective, is, is that a reasonable conclusion?
1: Uh, I think the simple answer to that is no, it is not a reasonable conclusion because Jeremiah 17.9 tells us the heart is desperately wicked and who can know it? Depends on what version you're reading from. It doesn't really matter. Um, in other words, it's suggesting that we don't even know our own selves. Now, one of the current pushes in society, as you know, and you've actually probably seen it at, um, somewhere around the place, know thyself is a statement that we used to, um, spend a lot of time on. Mm. So if the Bible tells us that we do not know our own hearts, you start asking the question, if you reject the Bible for biblical moral principles, where are you getting them from? Are you getting them from government? But the trouble is many people also consider the government to be corrupt. So Mm. what sort of principles are you getting? Yes, there are good people in Parliament and there are people who are not so good. But where are you getting your principles from? And I suggest a little bit of research on this that, a significant number of people today are getting their moral uh, moorings, moral foundations, moral principles from social media. Mm, that's, now, that's a really a good, good point. Thing yeah, Yale University did a study of 12.7 million Twitter uh, tweets mm. from seven over 7,300 Twitter people. And this is rather interesting. I'm not on Twitter myself. I do look at it occasionally, but I'm not actually on it. Um, It's rather interesting because they have found that people who are, in this particular study, people discussing questions of morality or questions, you know, important questions, um, the more moral outrage they showed, the more likes they got. Mm. And... Because of the, you know yourself. When you look on social media, you get get this thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down, yeah, yeah. and other stuff. Now, what I'm saying to you is simply this: I'm, I'm not suggesting that the media is is bad or good. I, I think it's amoral in one sense, but it seems as though. If a person really gets on their hobby horse on a particular issue and shows some, um, I think today we call it virtue sig- signalling. You've probably heard the term mm, virtue mm. sig- signalling. That's that's uh, something that is fairly common in the media today. But I- if if you start showing moral outrage over an issue, issue it can be anything. It doesn't have to be racist, but it's rather interesting that generally it tends to be either racist or gender related. Often. Um, so we have a situation where the more moral outrage you show on Twitter in this particular study, um, the more it um, encourages you to keep going because of all the likes that you're getting on the, on the thing. Now, according to the Bible, I've got to go back to the Bible because uh, there was a question I asked myself. Is it good to be popular Is it, or is it better to be respected? You know the difference between the two? Popularity is based on what you do. Mm. Respect is based on who you are. Mm. And uh, I think uh, being true to yourself, which is a term we use a lot these days, I think respect is an issue that um, is, is very, very important. So I would have serious concerns. Uh, about these findings of George Barnas, serious concerns because it tells me that the moral compass of America is, is, is bobbing around in the sea of what's best for me. And what I determine is, is the ultimate good rather than an absolute standard, such as what the Bible does, uh, gives us. Yeah,
2: yeah, the Bible yeah, look,
0: gives look, look,
1: us uh, absolute standards.
0: Yeah, Britain look, uh, what you're almost saying there is that uh, what you've actually uh, got is a situation whereby it's really the loudest voice is the one that seems to be carrying the day. I mean, right now, I mean, uh, if you go over to Doha and the big uh, uh, World Cup uh, soccer tournament that's over there, I mean, you're you're hearing a lot more a lot of a, noise. A, a <laughs> lot of noise. You're hearing a lot more about gay rights than you are about soccer. And uh, yes. to me, uh, why is that? Well, uh, because there are some very loud voices uh, who are pushing a certain agenda, and that agenda itself is uh, even overriding the, uh, uh, the purpose. The fact that
1: it's a sporting competition
0: exactly exactly it's and, and the
1: world's largest sporting competition yeah yeah look let, let me come to another question though um look, yeah just before you do let me yeah. uh, let me share this with you the person who has nothing to say says it the loudest.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. i no. rather it, like that one. <laughs> it, it, it's a good little truism, actually. But look, in what sense do you, you know, um, um, do you sense that uh, uh, there are issues for individuals who you've said are not naturally good when they, you know, when a person who is not naturally good then attempts to establish their own ethics code or their own morality? What issues do you think actually come up?
1: Well, the issues first of all are, are there any absolutes? And it seems as though in a world that we're in, the answer is no. Yeah. So the next question then is, if there's no absolutes, who is the final determining, um, authority on what yeah. I believe? Yeah. And that comes down to you. What do you believe? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've all heard and you've heard and uh, our listeners have heard, um, the term fake news. It seems yeah. to have been popularised by our dear Donald Trump. And yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that in any particular yeah, endearing yeah, yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. but uh, he certainly popularised the same fake news. Yeah. Um, how much of the news that you get today, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the real media, TV or whatever, uh, can you actually believe? Mm. I mean, and, and how? what mechanisms have you got to check whether these things are accurate or not. Yeah. I remember when we had the COVID-19 crisis, and as you know, there was all sorts of things going around about that. Yeah. I did some fact-checking on some of these so-called experts. I won't name them on air, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, yeah. And um, the story I found was rather different from the story that was being presented publicly. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you sense are the issues for individuals? Well, they haven't got any firm foundation so how are you going to establish a moral ethics code it, it would be based largely on what is good for me that's the first point and so who, screams the, and who screams the loudest
0: and who screams the
1: loudest yeah, that's right and uh, so long as it does uh, of course you've got to add so long as it doesn't harm anybody else but When you make moral decisions, um, regardless of whether it's sex or whatever the relationship happens to be, it affects somebody else.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, there again, if you don't have the Bible as a guide as to what is acceptable and what is not, you might feel that you're doing a perfectly good job. Uh, The people who are being affected by your moral decisions are seeing it in a very different light. So really... You're just going round and round and round with no particular, as I say, platform upon which to say, no, this is wrong. I'm not going to stand for it. I'm going to stand up for what I believe. And people who stand up for what they believe these days are vilified. They are vilified in the media. They are vilified in social media. They're the laughing stock of that's many people you, because they have moral standards.
0: That's if you take a conservative worldview. You know, Brenton. One of the things I'm really conscious. Yes, if you
1: take a conservative worldview. Yeah. Sure.
0: Um, what I'm really conscious of, of Brenton is that increasingly uh, and certainly in studying the scriptures and sharing the scriptures with, with young people I I share with them I say hey look you know please remember that my opinion is just that it's my opinion your opinion is just that they are of an equivalency uh, you know I might say um, uh, and point. they are totally equivalent uh, whereas once I come to the word of God what I come to is actually the scriptures declare about themselves that there is uh, th- there is a a supernatural origin uh, on the scriptures. Now, if there if that is correct, and I believe the evidence certainly points to that being correct, yes, uh, yes, then at yep. that point it gives an authority that is above human authority. I I really think there is a place for the word of God and how important it is for believers that we actually dig into the word. Word of God, and we find out what the uh, what the moral foundations uh, actually have been provided through that book. But Brenton, look, let's come to let, some. Let, uh,
1: let me share. Let me share two verses with you before you come to the uh, music. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. This is the wisest man who ever lived. Yep, yep. Speaking, listen carefully to what I counsel. Then you will show discernment, and your lips will express what you've learned. Mm. I thought that was very good. Mm. Discernment. Remember Solomon when he was asked by God, none of us have ever been asked by God in a vision in the night, what would you like, I'll give you whatever you want. His answer was, I need the spirit of discernment. I need to know the difference between good and evil, right and wrong, so that I can judge these people of yours correctly. I reckon if we, we asked for the same thing, God would give it to us.
0: Mm, no, very, so very, very true. Uh, let's yep. come, let's come, let's come to some music. Uh, our time yep. is, is running away from us. Uh, this is the Cinzio family. Uh, the Lord, uh, is my shepherd. Beautiful, a beautiful song. Shepherd, I have it all. Isn't that so true? Isn't that a fantastic? I really appreciate it. Don't you think that's magic? Magic song, Brim. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. the Cinzio family, um, is it the Cinzios that we know? Indeed it is, indeed it is. No, a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful family, a yeah, wonderful family. Yeah, no, it's family. a great song, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> if I like, was on social media, I'd be giving it two thumbs up. <laughs>
0: oh, I certainly would. It's a fantastic song. Look, folks, we do yeah. have a giveaway uh, for you uh, for you today. Now, our giveaway is uh, entitled Family First. Now, this is John uh, Hornberger, and uh, yes. uh, I'm just really conscious that all uh, All around us, families are falling apart and uh, no state uh, program uh, or any amount of money seems to be able to save them uh, today. So many fathers are preoccupied in the cares of this life and their interests that their loved ones struggle to see mum or mum or dad uh, it's a huge challenge this book family first really does uh, deal with so many of the issues families are facing today now folks look if you would like your copy of family first by Jim uh, Hornberger all you need to do is to text us uh, here at our studio text number that number is 4 888 808 4 and just quote the code SA82, SA82, and folks, look, if you requested this book, and I know there were some of you that did request this book yesterday, unfortunately, we did have technical difficulties with our, uh, with our robot, uh, so if you requested it yesterday, that has been fixed now, uh, Please re-request it uh, today. Uh, Family First, Jim uh, Hornberger, uh, SA820488880811. You'll love uh, this, uh, this particular book. Now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is uh, Brenton Wilkinson. And Brenton is the pastor of the uh, southeast region of the um, of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. And now that's a, a huge area, Mount Gambier, Millicent, uh, Rendlesham, the, the list just goes on. And this week we're following the theme Biblical Parenting in a post-christian world and today we're looking at the art of building a positive outlook in children we're asking how can i encourage a positive outlook in uh, in in my in my children now uh, before we start, however, Brenton, let me ask you. You know, look, you're a, you're a father, you're a grandfather. You know, in fact, both of us are fathers. We're both grandfathers. You know, and we've both functioned uh, for pastors as pastors for many years. Now, that means a lot of work in uh, uh, in working with families, uh, sometimes with challenges, sometimes in the really happy, happy times. And now, look, I'm really convicted that Christian parenting, to me appears to be becoming increasingly challenging.
1: Look, it is. Would you agree? Yes, I'd agree that it is, for sure. And as far as the greatest challenges goes, look, we could spend the rest of the program on that, but uh, we've got to come to today's topic a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is this: the greatest challenges I see is role modelling as either a father or a grandfather. Yeah. I believe role modelling is particularly important. It's interesting that um, the studies that I was looking at. One of the studies suggested that children do listen to what you tell them. They don't necessarily do what you tell them. Yeah. But what they what they pick up are several things from you, and that reacts or is in return it, it, it is taken on board themselves. They they notice how you react to stress. They okay. notice how you react to treating difficult, how you deal with difficult people mm. and also how you relate to failure. Now, if you're doing your Charlie every time uh, you get under stress or you can't handle difficult people, they pick up on all this stuff. Mm. They may not say anything, but if you're trying to develop a positive mental attitude in them, you're actually showing them uh, the negative rather than um, having a calm, considered approach. And we all know that we've been in situations where being calm and considered uh, because the crisis comes on you, so suddenly you don't have time to to respond Mm. uh, in an appropriate way. The children notice all of these things. So um, I'd say that's one of the major challenges. The yeah. other major challenge, I believe, is a, a little word called time, time spent mm. with your children. Mm. That doesn't mean uh, we have all our social media aids on. It means we have them off. We have time to spend with our children and get to know them. Mm. I think you're aware that there was a study done not sure how long ago in America, where it said that the amount of quality time a father spends with his children each day in America is about 38 seconds.
0: Wow. Wow. Look, Brenton, let's come. Uh, <laughs> let, let's come to our, with that. Yeah, we need to get to this. Let's get to our subject because this is, hmm. this is a huge subject. We've got a very limited amount of time. How we can have. I build a positive outlook in my children? Where would you take us?
1: Okay, well, certainly I've mentioned one uh, point there, be a role model for your children. Now that doesn't it doesn't suggest that it occurs at any particular point in time. You're a role model from your children from when they're old enough to actually see you, hear you and know you. Yeah. Um, it can go all the way through to youth and on into adulthood. So I think being a positive role model is is one thing. Um, encourage and motivate your your children is is an, another thing, and let your children be surrounded by positive people. Now, that's sometimes as you would appreciate easier mm. said than done. Mm. But if you yourself surround yourself with people who have a positive outlook, in other words, they're the half. Heart- the glass half full people rather than the glass half empty people
2: mm. um,
1: if you surround yourself with people like that, your children will tune in on that mm. um, and I think that's fairly important. I've put down in my my notes here another couple of points so maybe we'll explore them a little more. Yeah. see the best in each other now this this is this is interesting. Uh, one study I was reading um today before we came on air made some very interesting observations. The person who wrote the study is actually a preschool teacher. Mm. And she said um, telling kids when they're doing a project at preschool that it's a good job doesn't cut it anymore.
2: Mm.
1: You actually have to be more than that. You have to say, John, I'm really pleased. I can see you've put a lot of work and effort into this particular thing. Or Sarah, what you've done here is a really good. I can see you've concentrated really hard in doing that. You have to be affirming, but it has to be well past the good job. Good good job just doesn't cut it anymore. Mm. So if you're building a positive um, mindset in children, um, sharing with them in that way will help them when they get older and they're in situations where maybe they have other children under them, uh, whether it's in a Sabbath school class, Mm-hmm. A Pathfinder environment, maybe in a school environment where you're a school captain or something like that. Uh, that positive example that you've been shown will come through in the way that they they treat others. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty important one, actually. That's, a, that's also a yeah. Turning negative statements into positives is a is another interesting one. <laughs> I, I found that's, that's not so easy to do. Have you ever found that you win with the negative people? It is very, very hard to uh, get them to see positive things. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter which angle you come at it from. Uh, it seems as though they always revert to type, and that is that uh, um, the world's a rotten place and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather, And trying to be able to, to turn their minds, is an interesting one. Uh, you might remember there's a comment in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. A uh, lot we call it laughter is the best medicine, but a merry spirit doeth uh, good, mm-hmm. but a broken spirit dries the bones.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think the comment is actually a merry heart is um, a tonic to the, yeah. the system.
2: Yeah,
1: and a broken. Now here's something interesting else that I found. I the word no. <laughs> We all say when we're training children, whether we've got children, grandchildren or whatever, the word no, they have to understand the word no. The word no, believe it or not, should not be said terribly often. One of the studies I looked at says that whenever you say no, that immediately triggers in your brain a stress-producing hormones. Now, we do know there are times in life with children where we have to say no Mm. But, uh, we should keep it to an absolute minimum. Um, the other, one of the other key points, um, actually there's a number of them here, but, um, one of them was make your home a positive place. Uh, laughing together is a way to connect and a good sense of humour also can make kids smarter, healthier and better able to cope with challenges. I agree with that. Brenton,
0: how do I actually do that? Because this is the really, you know, I think you've hit on a really important point there you know, make your home a positive place. Now, to me I'm so conscious that uh, that is uh, of the vital necessity of doing that, but how do I physically actually do it?
1: Well, I believe one way you can do it very easily is, um, and uh, I say this without any uh, sort of sense of um, I'm apologizing for what I'm about to say. I believe that you need to spend time each day in in family worship with your family, uh-huh. in prayer and in studying the word or doing a, a scripture reading or something of that nature. That sets the tone for the day. I think most of us know that... um those of us who spend time in prayer to the Lord each day and spend time in the Word of God each day, we are fortified to be able to face the day. Does that mean you're going to have a good day? Not necessarily so. Mm. Uh, Sometimes after speaking personally, um, after some of the best sessions that I have had of reading the Word of God and praying, I've had an absolutely shocking day. (laughs) But it, it doesn't mean that God has abandoned me and said, well, now that you've gone through all of that, I'm going to leave you to it and let's see how you get along. (laughs) I, I believe that it starts with calling your children together, having prayer with them and for them. I believe having prayer, I have found in my ministerial life that having prayer, even for a family that is, um, failing spiritually, or their uh, a fractured family, calling them all together and actually having prayer for them, Gary, and calling them by name. Mm actually has some very positive influence
0: I, Eric, I think you know this um uh, this point that you 've made about time and certainly spending time spiritually uh, time with young, is
1: vitally important.
0: T- time to me I think is actually increasingly in our world uh, there's a really key one you know i 'm really conscious that when I earlier in my ministry we actually went through a, a period where uh, in some family ministry training that I actually did where uh, the high the thing which was highlighted was uh, uh, quality time. You've got to spend, quali- you know, set aside some time to have quality yeah. time but then um, one of the things that came out was that uh, our parents were saying yes, I've set a- along um, from uh, uh, 7 till 7.30 to have quality time with my kids. The trouble was, it's between 7 and
1: 7.30, hey, my kids really That's when, that's when they should be <laughs> thinking about going to bed.
0: Well, They may not be interested. Uh, You cannot program was the issue that came up. It was physically impossible to program quality time which means that the issue moved uh as uh, uh in our discussions from quality time across to availability and uh, yes, the thing yes. which uh, uh, to me it, this wasn't just a matter of having uh quality spiritual t- time and I agree with you that that is vitally important absolutely yes. important but you yes, know uh, to me I'm also conscious that uh, uh you know some of the uh, other uh things where I give my time for example i mean. I well remember some of the highlights of my own uh being a, being a father were uh, involved and being the coach for my children's basketball teams. Now, That's right. Each of each of my children, I, I managed to become their uh, their coach of their particular team. Now, uh, no, to me, I wasn't a very good coach. I'm not even sure that I, you know, I, I knew all that much about uh, basketball.
1: I mean, it was. Yes, but the fact that you were involved, Gary, with them was what was important to them. It Exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't think they really sell, uh, maybe as they got older, they may have, but when they're young, the fact that you're involved is more important to, than how efficient or effective you are. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And and, and this is this issue of time, um, given time availability, uh, yes. to my children. Yes. And I just, I just think this is actually just so important. You know, there's can't, I can't pro, all this, I, I've never been able to program quality time. No,
1: you can't, you can't, program quality time but i can Um, make it
0: i can make myself available and the whole uh, unfortunate thing is that that means that i'm tired i am struggling after a day's work your kids come in to talk to you and they want to talk to you there's your quality time and you uh, unfortunately are being called
1: you're
0: not at your best uh you know (laughs) you're actually being called to put your mobile phone uh, away yes. uh, to yes. get off the computer and actually to give yep. them uh, undivided attention. To me, as I look yes. at this, I say, hey, you know, that sends a positive message across to our children.
1: Yeah, can I extend that uh, yeah. from children yeah. <laughs> But in, in 10 or 20 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> it also applies to wives or husbands. <laughs> wives are very good, particularly if they're dealing with an issue of, well, uh, talking to you at one o'clock in the morning when you're trying to sleep and they're still dealing with a particular issue. (laughs) And uh, they'll come in and start talking to you about a particular issue. All you want to do is sleep, but they actually want your attention. One of the things I have learned as a a husband, and I'm far from the perfect husband, is this. If your wife is talking to you about an issue, she's not wanting you to solve it for her. Many men think that uh, that's why women talk to them because they want them to solve it. No, they don't. They just want someone to listen to them. They will come to a conclusion. They will come to a decision themselves. They just want to know that you're listening and empathetic to uh, what they're going through. In
0: in other words, what we're saying for family actually includes the adult members of family as well. I believe so. And the thing that I've discovered is even when your children actually grow up and become adults themselves, they they really appreciate uh, just being able to have a listening ear, to be able to just sit there and, you know, again – not solve their problems but just simply you know say hey you know uh, this is how yeah. we did things but then remember that the way that we did things uh, 20 2030 and 40 years ago is actually different to what uh, is actually yeah. the case uh, the case today uh, yeah. this this is yeah. huge uh, you yeah. know to me I understand why you know first uh, uh, Peter and first John you know beloved now with the sons of God you know what we're actually doing is building people up we're listening to them and we're spending time with them we're being available for them so yeah. that at at the yep. end of the day, yep. they come out as uh, people who are feeling and you know, are uh, feeling valued, and who yes. want to be part of uh, of our family. They're not being being ignored. You know, to me, uh, more and more, uh, this issue of availability, I believe, is just so key yep. in this matter. But it,
1: it, it, it's absolutely key. It's key in ministry too. But here's another point. Uh, We should, in order to develop a positive mental outlook in children, foster a spirit of gratitude, recognize and appreciate good things in life. I reckon that's pretty important. Here's a comment from Joyce Myers where she says...
0: Can, yep. can, can we come to that one in just a moment? Because I'm conscious yeah, our time can. starting to run, uh, run yeah. out from us. So look, let's come to some music and yes, straight we can after come the to break. It we,
1: we can sort of wrap up after that.
0: Yeah, Thanks. that'd be, that'd be yeah. fantastic. Let's, okay. and please enjoy this music. This is Manuel Scorcio. Lord, I want to be like you.
3: Climbs in my lap for a good night hug He calls me dad and I call him Bub. With his faded old pillow and a bear named Pooh He snuggles up close and says, I want to be like you I kiss him goodnight, tripping over the toys as I turn out the lights. I whisper a prayer that someday you'll see. Is God a Father in God? Cause he's seen Jesus in me. Lord, I wanna be just like you, cause he wants to be just like me. I wanna be a holy example. For his innocent eyes to see Help me be a living Bible Lord That my little boy can read I want to be just like you Cause he wants to be like me Got to admit I've got so far to go Make so many mistakes, and I'm sure that you know. Sometimes it seems no matter how hard I try, with all the pressures in life, I just can't get it all right. But I'm trying so hard to learn from the best. To be patient and kind filled with your tenderness cause I know that he learned from the things that he sees and the Jesus he finds will be the Jesus in me Lord I want to be just like you cause he wants to be just like me I want to be a holy example for his innocent Help me be a living Bible Lord That my little boy can read I want to be just like you Cause He wants to be like me Right now from where He stands I may seem mighty tall But it's only cause I'm alone the best father of them all Lord I want to be just like you Cause he wants to be just like me I want to be a holy example For his innocent eyes to see Help me be a thief. I want to be just like you, because He wants to be like me. I want to be just like you, because He wants to be like me.
0: that is Manuel Scorsio. Lord, I just want to be just like you. What a beautiful family song that really is. I well remember having uh, Manuel Scorsio hearing him in concert uh, certainly we had him for a uh for a major program here in uh, south awesome uh, some years ago it was a real a privilege that guy has a voice and a half uh if you uh, uh really want to hear a man who can sing uh that uh, that man manuel scorsio he's a south african go online and uh, uh you'll really come to come to appreciate him and now folks look our giveaway book today is the book a family a first and uh uh this this uh, this book is looking uh, at strategies uh, to be able to build up uh, your family. Look, we really want uh, to be able to build up your your family. Uh, while we're on that subject, and we're going to come back to it again, one of our listeners has actually uh, uh, made a uh, sent a text uh, message in to us. And I, uh, Brent, and I'm going to come to you on this one in just a moment after our book section. Uh, but uh, uh, this person makes the uh, comment: family time. At meal time together is important. Talk about the things that happened during their day. Now, I really appreciate that comment from our our listener. We're going to come to it in just a just a moment. Family time at meal time together is important, and how important uh, this one uh, actually is. But look, if you'd like our book, Family First, all you need to do is to text us here at our studio text number oh four triple eight. 8 11 and our code for today is SA82 and uh, that'll trigger our robot and uh, he'll uh, ask you some questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. Family first, one ripper of a, uh, of a book. Uh, now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is uh, live from uh, Mount Gambier here in South Oz uh, and that's Pastor Brenton Wilkinson and Brenton is the uh, pastor of the southeast region uh, here in, uh, uh, here in uh, South, uh, South Australia. Now, uh, Brenton, if I could just uh, come to you before we go back to that study that you're presenting, can you possibly just, uh, that comment that that person actually made, family time at meal time together is really important. Talk about things that happen during their day. You got any feedback on
1: that? I would agree with the, uh, the comment completely. I would add a further comment to it as well, which I think is appropriate. Uh, Mealtime is the time to relax. It is the time to share as a family. Uh, It's. I think the important factor is not just the sharing, it's don't rush it. We come back to that time factor Mm. again, Gary. Mm -hmm. Often kids get the impression that dad's rushing in to have some tea. He Mm. gulps it down so quickly he almost gets indigestion. And then Mm. he's, yep, yep, we've had tea. Yep, nice to talk with you all. And then off to do some project or some work that he's still got outstanding or whatever. I think mealtime should be more relaxed. I really think that children should feel that this is a time they can unburden. They can share with their parents and vice versa, and we can do it without constantly looking at our watches or at our um, mobile phones to see who's trying to call us or who's been on social media. I think it's to, it's time for us to actually we use the term chill, yeah, yeah. Kick, Brendan, kick back, do whatever you th- term you want. Yeah. Do, do
0: you think that our devices are actually doing a lot of the um, parenting today?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, there was a study done in Britain uh, in 2016 where 40% uh, – no, no, it was 55% of those surveyed actually stated that they believed that social media was having a negative effect on their children's moral development. Now, yeah. I found that quite interesting. I tried to find an equivalent study in Australia, but I would imagine it's its probably similar However, I need to qualify my comments, as always. Social media is neither good nor bad. Mm. It does have uh, aspects of it that are good as well, so don't get that impression. But going back to what we said right at the start of the program, Gary, if you have no strong foundation, um, you've thrown biblical principles out because yeah. they're passe. se, yeah. um, wh- what basis are you starting from? Mm -hmm. And what sort of structure are you going to have by the time you're finished? You can have a structure a bit like the story in the Bible. You've heard it. The wise man, uh, the foolish man built his house upon the sands. (laughs) Along came the rain, along came the floods, which we're hearing plenty about at the moment. And the house fell down. Uh, that's that, That's the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. I, I'm really conscious that. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I hear a great deal that uh, uh, young people are spending a lot of time on their devices, and that's certainly true. But the thing well, that are. I, the thing I'm really conscious of is that uh, I, I, increasingly, I am conscious that uh, even uh, parents and adults are spending a huge amount of time on their devices so that, uh, oh, for, yeah. for example, I mean, uh, to even, you know, you'll go into a restaurant and, uh, you know, you might have a group of a dozen people and six or eight of them are sitting there typing away on their devices. And I, oh, I just look at it and I just simply say, Hey, this is really, really rude. In fact, we're actually going to do a, do a program on, uh, dealing with, uh, with devices because I, I'm just so I think you should I, I think we need to be actually putting in some places some uh, some guidelines uh, whereby we can uh, we can actually say hey look you know what is reasonable about these devices do they actually control us or are we controlling them um, mm. but that uh, sounds
1: br- like a good uh, study coming up Gary
0: oh we will <laughs> be doing it uh, Brenton look uh, we, we do need to bring it all together we've got about uh, five yeah. minutes before we finish off now look you are going to just share with us a little bit on this issue I I think, of of gratitude. Do you just want to bring the, our program together now?
1: Gratitude, I think, is uh, someone once said we should develop an attitude of gratitude. I think we may have heard that particular statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe, uh, biblically speaking, gratitude comes from understanding what God has done for us mm. and what he is doing for us day by day. But gratitude can extend to kindness shown to you by parents, or by um, friends or things like that. Gratitude is looking for the best outcomes even in a bad day. Now, when you've had a bad day, it's pretty difficult to find good outcomes sometimes. You come home and all you can think of is the negatives that you've had during the day. Yeah. But if you look hard, you can find even in the darkest day some bright spots. Yeah. you can find some things that are that are really really positive um, let me share a story with you quickly because that yeah. is we've only got a short period of time it's not to do with my family but it's to do with some young men now mm. Liine and i were looking out the window of our house a couple of Fridays ago we noticed an aggregation i'll use that term or a congregation of young guys uh, from the local school saint martins school up the road from where we live here in mount Gambia now, they would be, I would estimate between 14 and 16 years of age. The next moment, the six of them traips up to our door, knock on our door and ask, is there anything that they could do around the house mm. to earn money because the Mount Gambier show was on and they wanted to go to the show and they didn't have any show money. And I said, what are you planning to do? And they said, we want to go on rides at the show. And I said, what sort of rides? And they said, scary rides. I said, of course silly question. Why did I ask? So we got them to clean Lurleen's car and we also got them to clean the front windows of our house, our bedroom windows, our lounge room windows and and things like that. Mm. Also the back windows, it had double doors at the back of our house here. And one of the young guys by the name of Logan actually had a broom and he was was sweeping what we call the patio area at Mm. the back of our house, Mm. which hadn't been swept for a while. Mm. Now, when I was talking to them, it was interesting. One of them said to me, uh, at the end of it, I gave them enough money. I won't tell you how much I gave mm, them. Mm. I gave them enough to have one decent show ride each. That's all six of them. Mm. So you you do the sums for yourself. It mm. wasn't a consider, an inconsiderable amount of money. The difference in their attitude was, oh, they went off. They were, they were on cloud nine. Yeah. Now, one of them had said to me that his father wouldn't lend him Uh, cleaning equipment to go around because he didn't believe his son would do it.
2: Mm.
1: And I said, well, I have faith to believe that you will do what we've asked you to do, not just because we're paying you, because you Mm. don't know how much I'm going to give you, but I just want you to do it. But I said to Logan, I said, that's the best cleaning I have seen Mm. on the patio. It's better than the cleaning I do. I said, well done. Yeah. And you could see his list straight away. I think positivity um, in wrapping up is is pretty important. Can I uh-huh. read this statement that says, "Parents in the training of your children study the lessons God has given in nature."
2: Uh-huh.
1: If you would take um, train a rose or a lily,
2: uh-huh.
1: how would you go about it, or how would you do it? It was little attentions, often repeated, in dealing with your children, follow hmm. the example of the gardener who just hmm. gives the plants little attentions by gentle touches, by loving ministrations, um, s- seek to develop their character hmm. after the character of Christ. Isn't hmm. that a profound statement? That's beautiful. So that it, really. it's, not, it's not the big uh, statements you make maybe at the tea table or anything like that. It's the little attentions. And yeah. I've found that even in ministry. Yeah. Little things, even like saying to yeah. someone who's really struggling, how about you come down the street with me and yeah. we'll have a hot chocolate together or yeah. something like that. You may, you meet them – six months later or twelve months later they still remember the time you took them out for oh, a
0: look chocolate. you're so correct there. You know, Brenton, <laughs> one of the things I'm conscious of is and we do have to finish, but in our you yes, know in chi- my in my church life, uh one of the uh, I have shared repeatedly with, with with my church members
1: that there repeatedly, are two, repeatedly. repeatedly
0: with my <laughs> church members that there are two mm. gifts that build churches. One's encouragement and the other one's hospitality. You know you can have the Absolutely. best evangelist in the world but encouragement and hospitality grow churches, they grow families and they grow people. I love this. Amen. Uh, let's pray together. <laughs> Father in heaven Lord we yep. come to you right now and say thank you for being our Lord and our God. Lord thank you for being a God that builds us up. Uh, Lord thank you for being a, a God who calls us sons and daughters, uh, heirs, kings and ambassadors. Uh, Lord thank yep. you for being a God who gives us a status uh, Lord I just pray that you might bless each of our listeners uh, as they move, as they deal increase. Uh, with this uh, challenging role in contemporary parenting. We just ask and we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining with Pastor Gary and Britton Wilkinson on Drive Time, our big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow. When we're going to be joined by a new presenter, Chrissy Hopkins is a, a teacher by profession. She's going to lead us in a discussion entitled, How Do I Build Resilience in Children?
2: Really? Sounds interesting.
0: Oh, it's a good subject. Really look forward to uh, being with you. But then, until then, please remember uh, that Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So no. don't be troubled. Or afraid, may our God richly bless
2: you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.